You guys ready to receive tonight? God has something for you. You believe it? Did you come with great expectation? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding, say beholding, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and being transformed, say transformed, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's going to be our text tonight. We're going to get into to how to behold and become just like Jesus and that, how that allows us to be contagious Christians like, like uh, Derek was talking about, all right? Let's pray and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your word. We honor you tonight, sir. We give you place. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're the teacher of the church. Holy Spirit, teach your church tonight. Lord, whatever it is that, that, that we may be coming in with, Lord, I know that you can minister to each and every heart here tonight and those watching online. So, Lord, we just give it all to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can have a seat. Thank you so much for standing up with me. You know, I remember a long time ago, they used to stand up and read the word. Nothing wrong with giving reverence to the word of God, huh? Man, we're reaching with great expectation this year. I love the, uh, the example that our pastors give on how to reach with great expectation. You guys are learning something from our pastors. I know that I am. So pastors, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Um, it's, it is really put, putting a fire underneath this church. It is, and it is me. So uh, praise God. We also here at Harvest Church, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. We do that and we reach, connect, grow, and serve. That's what we do every day. Every day we love God. We love people. We live with purpose. And we're reaching, connecting, growing, and serving our way to our destiny. Um, and thank God for the vision that, that this house has. You know, I remember when Kane and I uh, moved here uh, three years ago. The first, the first assignment the Lord gave me. I remember, I remember moving and just being like, all right, Lord, what, what is it? And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, Cain and I didn't have to pray about where to serve. It was never a question in our heart. It's just, what do you need? And we'll serve. I remember the first, I remember the first uh, Sunday, um, I didn't, I was just eager. I was humble. I moved here humbled. I moved here ready to serve. And um, Fabian said he needed someone to hold a pop sign by the road. I grabbed a sign and went out there and waved at people. They didn't know me, and y'all didn't know me because it was my first Sunday. But I'm out there waving and smiling, you know, hey, doing my thing. So I didn't, I didn't have to pray about, you know, where do I serve? But, but, but I remember I was just doing what I knew to do, and that was to pray for my pastors. So I'm in here, and I'm praying for my pastors. I'm in my prayer closet. I'm by myself, and I'm saying, Lord, Lord, what's the next, what's my direction? What do I need to do? How, how can I help her? And I remember praying this. I remember praying, Lord, help me to help Pastor Joe and Pastor Misty Coyne carry the vision that you've placed in their heart. And, and I remember, I remember like, like it was yesterday. I remember he just, just lit that right in my heart. Just when I prayed that, it was that, that inward witness on the inside saying, yep. That's, where, that's the direction. And I knew that I had to get that vision here. I couldn't carry somebody else's vision. You know, he, pastor even says it from, a, said it from the pulpit. It's not his vision, it's our vision. And if for me to submit underneath my pastor, I had to take ownership of that thing. And so 
and, and I'm continuing to do it. I'm continuing to learn what it means to love God, love people, live with purpose. He's got a 23-year head start on me. <laughs> so, so, so I'm learning how to, how to do this. And, and for 2021, any of our salt folks in here, you got salt in here? Salt in the house? Yep, my wife's here. Y'all must be watching online. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, our salt people know love God, love people, live with purpose. That's just what come out of us because that's what put it, was put in us. That's what we took the time to put in. So that's what came out. And for the longest time, I was, and, and I, I believe this, I'm teaching that when we love God and we love, peop, uh, love, love God, love people, that will give us the purpose to live by. It's almost like a position uh, in, in sports. I, I like sports. If you're out of position, you'll get beat. Loving God and loving, loving people puts you in position to live with purpose. And I've also, and, and, and just recently, and I'm saying all this to say, that just recently I got this new revelation that living with purpose can also be bringing God glory in everything you do. Because God's, we have been created to reflect Jesus and to bring him glory. That's what he's, he said he's created us in him, his image, Amen. All of creation, the stars, the moons, it brings glory to God. That's what creation was designed to do. And if we were to live with purpose, I love it because it means that if I'm going to live my life with purpose, I'm going to live with expectation. I'm going to live uh, goal-oriented. I'm going to live detail-oriented. I'm going to be a person who reflects uh, on the day and what's to come. It's all these great things. But in every action, we'll be bringing him glory. We are to carry the glory of God, and it is the heart of the Father that his sons and daughters would bring him glory. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came to show the Father, right? This is, not, this is about the Father here, his whole entire ministry. And then because he, he humbled himself, God exalted him above all things. And now in, in Jesus, we are seated together with him in heavenly places with the purpose of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and bringing glory back to the Father for our created purpose from the very beginning. So this whole thing about, about living with purpose, I'm seeing it in a fresh light. I'm seeing it in a new light. And it's to bring God glory. Derek talked about when he... Uh, uh, led off this discipleship series about being a contagious Christian. And he talked about how, how uh, God needs us to be contagious with the good news about Jesus in our world and in our, in our uh, personal world of influence. And, and he, I liked how he talked about, you know, what contagious means is, is people just, um, if you were, you wouldn't even have to be, we could be in the same room and catch some, something negative. I mean, he used it as a, you know, we, we've, we've heard a lot about being contagious over the last couple of years. But the thing about being contagious is that you, someone's not going to catch something that isn't already in you. Got to be in you in order for someone else to catch it. So uh, I, I like this little spin that, uh, that Derek has because it really is this reaching with great expectation is giving opportunity for the world to catch what we got. That's what he's talking about, being contagious. And, my, and, and as I'm listening to him minister and as I was preparing to, to share with you all tonight, I just kept thinking, man, I hope they get Jesus and not Mike. <laughs> if they're going to catch something, don't, Lord, don't let it be me. Let it be you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So it reminded me of this, this message that the Lord placed in my heart before, and I wanted to bring it back to you tonight. Is that in order, for, in order for us 
to make sure that people are catching him and not our flesh, we have to make sure that we are continuing to behold our king and continue to be transformed into that very image of who he is. Let's put 2 Corinthians 3.18 back up there. It says, but we all, everyone, there is no one excluded from this. If you are a son or a daughter of Christ, this is you with unveiled face, unveiled face, with nothing blocking or hindering your line of sight. You now see with clarity, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, I hope y'all, before y'all came today, y'all checked the mirror before you walked out the house. <laughs> but when you look in the mirror, it's going to be able to reflect all the good and all the all not so good. Right? I'm going to be able to make adjustments if I look into the mirror. I can, you know, get this hair perfectly right how it needs to be if I need to do that. The Word of God is similar. Beholding as in a mirror the reflection of who you are reflecting back to you. Beholding the reflection, the glory of the Lord. And being transformed to the same image. These two worlds, beholding and transforming is what I'm highlighting tonight. And beholding means this, to fix the eyes upon, to see with attention, to observe with care. Beholding is, to, is more than just a glance. It's to observe with care. I got two boys. Micah is three. Gabriel is five. And they love to show me anything that they make, whether it's Lego blocks or whether it's what they did in, in Harvest Kids that day, whatever it is. And so many times they come to show me and they're putting it in my face right here. And I, can't, I can't see that. Now, if I cared to see what it, whatever it was that they're showing me, I'm going to have to grab a hold of it. And if I'm going to be able to observe with care, what, whatever it is that they're trying to show me, I'm going to have to be able to put it in front of my eyes so that I can observe it. I'm not going to be able to do it if at just a glance. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to pick it up. I'm going to have to handle with care. I'm going to have to observe it well. See, the older I get, the closer I got to bring it. Some of y'all like this, though. How, however it is, however it is, you got to put it in your line of sight so you can see it. You're not going to be able to, if it's going all the... Grab a hold of him. The scripture says to fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Fixing our eyes on him. Setting on him and not moving him. Last Sunday, pastor uh, hit on uh, uh, Peter walking on the water. How he needed to keep his eyes fixed on Jesus. We should do the same. And then being transformed. Being transformed or becoming like Jesus is just a byproduct of the beholding. You're putting, whatever you put in you is going to come right on out. I have never seen an apple tree struggle to get apples out. Never seen it ever. It doesn't have to do it. It's part of its nature just to get an apple out there. If it's healthy and it's been watered and it's in a place where it can get sunlight, what's in it will come out. Same with you. So take rest. Carry peace with you when you're reaching with great expectation. Because it's in you. It's in you. The word of God is in you. It's, he's written it on your heart. Continue to, to fix your eyes on him. And to become 
like Jesus. Psalm 119.37. You guys got Psalm 119.37? I want to read this one to you too. It says this, turn away, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way, Lord. Revive me. How are we going to be revived in his way? We turn our eyes away from the worthless things, set our eyes on his way, and then we'll be revived. Are you tired? Do you need to be revived? Do you need to be, turn your eyes off the worthless things and let's get our priorities back straight, right? So what I'd like to do tonight is I would like to take you through Exodus chapter 33. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Exodus chapter 33. I want to use this story and this, and this interaction that Moses has with the Heavenly Father as an illustration on how to behold the Father. Because, again, if we're going to be contagious Christians, we want to make sure that they're catching Jesus. And if they're going to catch Jesus, we've got to make sure that we're beholding him. And I believe that I've learned some things, six things, from Moses in this encounter with, with, with God that can help us to do so well. So Exodus chapter 33, we'll start right at the beginning and to kind of set you up with where we're at tonight. The children of Israel have been uh, brought out of Egypt and they're now on the backside of the desert. They're wandering around for 40 years, all right? They've just got the Ten Commandments and, um, and, it ha- and it's, not, it's not so great right now in the camp because when Moses came back down, they were worshiping uh, a calf made out of gold and they were doing unmentionables, right? So this is where we pick up the story. Chapter 33. Then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Pezrite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. All those ites can be our enemies. Whatever's standing in your way from your promise. You just insert there. God is promising them that they're going to, he's going to remove it. So in verse 3, we continue. He says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But he says this, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you in the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And when the people heard this bad news, okay, this is bad news. It's not good news when the Heavenly Father says he's not going with you. (laughs) It's bad news, and everybody knew it. And they mourned. And no one put on its ornaments. And the Lord said here in verse 5, the Lord said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people and I could come up in your midst in one moment and consume you. Now, therefore, take off your your ornaments so that I may know what to do with you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves from the ornaments uh, by Mount Oreb. So what is happening here? The Lord has recognized the sin in the camp. And it is the grace of God that, that God is saying, I can't come there because it will be it will not be good for you. i got to put distance in between here. This is not the judgment of God for him to put distance here. It is the grace of God. Because under that covenant, if his glory would have touched their sin, no good. Thank God we live under a better covenant. And the very Holy Spirit on the inside of us, when we accept Jesus Christ, because the blood that was shed for us, just like the, 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 the presence of God would have consumed them up, the presence of God comes right in on the inside of you, Holy Spirit and fire, and burns up all that sin and consumes it in a moment. And he remembers it no more. He casts it as far as the east is from the west. But his grace right here is saying, look, there's sin in the camp, and I can't go with you right now. This is point number one. 
we're going to properly behold the Lord, we have to come with a heart to repent. We must have a heart to repent. Brother Hagin says that the church should always be quick to believe, quick to forgive, and quick to repent. Me and my, me and my wife, we live by that. Quick to believe, quick to uh, forgive, and quick to repent. If we can be quick to repent, we can position ourselves to get back in line where God is leading us and behold him properly. So if we're living in sin, if there's something bothering our conscience, we got to take care of that immediately. Don't let it linger because there's, there's things that God's called you to. We want to live with purpose. we got to behold him well. And beholding him well begins with repentance. So let's continue on. Let's skip on down for the, for the sake of time. And it says here in verse 12, he says, then, the Lord said to, uh, then Moses said to the Lord, verse 12, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you, have not, uh, but you have not let me known whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I, I know you by name, and I have found grace in your sight. Okay? What is he saying here? Moses is acknowledging that him and the Lord already have a relationship. And, he, and the Lord has already told him that he knows him by name. And he's bringing that promise back to the Lord. Our second point tonight is to go to God directly. Okay? You don't have to go through anyone else. You come repent to the Lord and you can seek him directly. Moses had a question here. He said, hey, we have relationship. Can I come to you about that? I'm not sure what you're meaning by this. I need to talk to you directly about this. Uh, my note I have on here, it says, Moses didn't allow the circumstance to waver him from the God-given mandate. He did not give up when the people were in an un unhealthy position with the Lord. He went and prayed for them. Moses was unsure how to continue with his directions previously given to him. Rather than coming up with his own solution, he sought uh, the direction of the Lord. So let me tell you this. There's been times where I've been um, tempted when I'm unsure to try to fix it myself. To try to fix it myself. Just do maybe what I did last time. Well, last time that worked, so maybe I'll try it again. Maybe I'll work again this time. Rather than direct going to the Lord directly. <laughs> you know, if we understand, man, this, this beholding the, the, the Lord... This, this beholding him, I, I, I forgot to say this. I, want, I need to say this. This is happening in your secret place in the one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. You're gleaning from things here tonight and on Sundays. You're gleaning and God is giving you seeds. But the growth happens in the one-on-one -on -one time. That's where that happens. You want to get filled? It's one-on-one it's -on -one time with Jesus. You want to behold him well and be a contagious Christian? It's those who are spending one-on-one -on -one time with him. And in these moments, when we learn to build those times with the Lord, when we have questions, the easier it is to come with him with those because I've already established a relationship with him. Now, if you're in that baby stage, I want to encourage you. You're in that stage where you're, you're still learning how to develop your prayer life. I want to encourage you, just talk to him. Just talk to him like you would anyone else. Start there. And if you've heard something and you, that pastor has said or someone from up here has said that's in the scriptures, go back, look it up yourself, find it, and when you go back and talk to Jesus, say, hey, remember Mark eleven twenty four? 24? 
I'll talk to him about that sometimes. Just like that. Lord, you said in Mark eleven twenty four. I remember it. Pastor Joe said it, and it's in my Bible. And it says this. And we can talk to him like we don't have to come to him with, oh, Lord. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be this whole thing. Oh, it's easy. He wants to know you better than anyone else anyway. So just be real with him. Be real with him. So here Moses is. And, they, and, they're, and, uh, and he says, uh, Lord, I'm unsure how to do this, but I do know that we have a relationship, and I'd like to know how to do this, is what he ends up saying. But let's pick up in verse 13, and, we'll go, and we're going to read through verse 17. Moses continues, he says, Now, therefore, because we have a relationship, and you know me by name, and we know this, and this is a personal thing. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider this nation your people. Okay, let's pause for a second. I like verse 13. I really like verse 13 because I see Jesus in this. Okay? Moses' prayer was for the Lord to show him the way that he does things. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I believe that our prayer today could be, because of, the, because of the covenant that we live in today and that Jesus is now our high priest, Jesus is now our Lord, our prayer today could be, Lord, help me to better receive the revelation of Jesus Christ so that I may know you and better walk in the fullness of your grace. John chapter 1 says that, that, uh, that Jesus is the word of God taken upon flesh and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth full of grace and truth. So he's so here remember Moses is in this he's in this position where the presence of God doesn't want to go with the with his with with the nation of Israel at this point. Can't. Not doesn't want to. Let me refrain. Can't right here because of the sin that's in the camp. The Lord has asked them to repent. He's called he called them a stiff-necked people. Repent means to turn. They were stiff-necked. They wouldn't turn. Right? They needed to they need to loosen up. So they turn, we need to do this, repent, then we go directly to the Father. Moses was a great leader because he went right to the Lord. He's in this moment, he reminded him, he says, Lord, we have a relationship here, I'd like to talk with you freely. Now, therefore, this was his prayer. Not, Lord, I'd like to do it this way, please grant me the ability to do it that way. No, that's not what, that's not what his prayer was. Show me your way that I may find grace in your sight. Because... Moses knows anything commanded of the Lord is impossible without his grace to do it. So show me your way that I may find grace in your sight. Today we say, oh, open the eyes of my understanding that I can know Jesus because I need to understand the grace that I've been given to walk this out. The only way we're going to be able to do it is to behold Jesus. In verse 14 we go and, and, and the Lord says, look at his, look at his response to this prayer. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Where, according, to, according to Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, where is rest found? In his presence. It's not found on a va in a vacation. Praise God for vacations. I'm looking forward to mine. It's not found in a vacation. It ain't found in a bed. It ain't found in a, in a, in a sleeping in on Saturday, even though I enjoy those too. 
It's been a while. I got a three and five-year-old. But rest is found in the presence of Jesus. Remember we talked about how this, this whole thing we're doing here, beholding him, it happens in the secret place. That's where you're, ooh, Psalm, turn me from those worthless things and revive me in your way. Hallelujah. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't be deceived into thinking that worldly things give you rest. Oh, no, you've been, you've been, you've been uh, transformed into, in a supernatural state of living now. We live according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. We live here. And so when we put in time to Jesus, but it's hard to get up in. You know, what's more, you know what's harder than not getting up and spending time with Jesus? Not getting up and spending time with Jesus and trying to do life. That's hard. So let's, let's do what we need to do, whatever it is. Mine's in the morning. I get up. All right, Lord, we'll do this thing because you're worth it. Mm. Presence is found. Uh, rest is found in his presence. And then in verse 15... Moses says, if your presence does not, go up, uh, does not go with us, do not bring me up from here. And I like this point that Moses says. He's like, man, if your presence isn't going with me anyway, I don't even want to go. I'll just stay out here in the middle of the desert. Thank goodness for a leader like Moses who recognized that the presence was even higher priority than the promised land. Your presence of God is higher priority than your promotion. The presence of God is higher priority than, than anything else because that's where communion with the Lord happens. And so verse 17, so the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing which you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And then look at Moses' response here. Please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. Point number four is seek the more. We are, our, our text, our main text in 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. We are, it's a process. Last year when we did the discipleship uh, series, we talked about how it's a, that this discipleship thing is a process of growing into Jesus, learning from him. You are to move from glory to glory. That means it's okay for you to want more of God. It really is okay. <laughs> God rewards those who seek to go deeper with him. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's not, it's not blessed are those who just have a hankering for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You can come with him with all of it. My, <laughs> I heard someone say that dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> you can come and worship him with all you got. You can praise him with all you got. I would just say this, make sure you're praising him in your prayer closet the same way that you praise him in the front of people. Okay? <laughs> Hunger and thirst for him. May we never lose our wonder. Jesus is wonderful in every sense of the word. He's so wonderful. 
And there's something about childlike faith that explores wondrous things. My kids are blown away by stuff. We passed, we passed a truck on the way to church this morning. That was, it was a, on, a, on a trailer. It was a monster truck with big old wheels. And you should have saw Gabriel's eyes. He was about as, his eyes are about as big as are those wheels on that truck. Whoa, look at that thing. And I remember we, I was like, you mean speed up and get up? And so I went a little bit over the speed limit. Come on now. Hey, I was got to show my kid this thing. So we, we get right on by it, uh, right on up to it. And he says, oh, how I would love to walk up on top of that and sit up there. He was full of wonder. When's the last time you looked at Jesus full of wonder? Lord, you're wonderful. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all, Lord. And he grants us the ability to search out that wonder. Moses being right here, beholding God, beholding the Lord comes before, uh, uh, before the Lord and grants, gets his prayer granted. He, the presence of God has now been promised to go back with the people. He didn't just close his Bible and get out of his prayer closet. No, he hung around to say, show me your glory. He lingered around a little bit more. Show me your glory. If we're going to behold the Lord, we need, to be, we need to behold him with wonder and not be afraid to seek out his wondrous works and everything that he is. So in verse uh, 21, let's skip down a little bit further. Verse 21, the Lord responds and he says, here's a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. He says he's going to show him his glory. There's a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. On the rock. I see Jesus again in this scripture. If you're ever reading through the Old Testament, you haven't found Jesus yet. You haven't seen the full revelation of it yet. He's everywhere from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. Jesus is in it. And I see him as the rock here. The Lord's, the, the, Moses asked to, to see the glory of God. God's response was, well, if you're going to do that, you got to be placed on the rock. You got to have a firm foundation that you're going to be standing on. Yes, was it a mountain? Was it an actual hard place? Absolutely. But I believe this is a type and shadow of our king. Okay. Jesus is the word of God taken upon flesh. And if we're going to behold the glory of God and move from glory to glory, we're going to have to stand firm on his word, on who he is. So if we're praying, if we're praying, Lord, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory, and not reading his word, reading his word, reading his word, we have no foundation to be able to carry the weight of glory. The weight of glory is carried when our foundation is set firm upon the rock. The word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Psalm, Psalm 18, 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 118.22 says, the stone which the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. I'm going to say it again. The weight of glory can only be carried when we are founded upon his word. It's the only way we can go from glory to glory. So this scene has been set up. I love Moses because he goes in and just intercede for his people. <laughs> he goes in and, he's, and he, he, the presence of God is going back with him. And, the, and, and Moses lingers a little bit more and his response was, Lord, show me your glory. He says, okay, we'll show you your glory. 
Just make sure that you get up in the morning, cut the two tablets, which you broke the first time. He says, hey, you broke them. <laughs> Bring them back. We're going to do this thing again. All right? But you're going to stand on the rock. When you come by, my hand's going to cover you because you can't see my face. No man can see my face and live. But when you come by, and he ended up seeing him. And, and in verse 6 of chapter 34, it says this, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This was God showing him his glory. Okay, if you didn't believe me about the glory of God being revealed by the word, this is it too. Because when I'm, when I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, what does the glory of God look like? Is it colorful? Is it like lightning? Is it terrifying? What is it? And the way that the word of God describes this moment is it, it's the Lord walking by proclaiming his character. That's how he revealed his glory to the Lord. Yes, was there, I'm sure that there were some things happening there because Moses ended up coming off the mountain and he glowed and they had to put a veil over his face. They had to put a veil over his face. But we with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. Oh, come on, church. All right. So he says, this is what he says. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon children and uh, children's children in the third and fourth generation. So Moses, this was Moses' response to the character of God and, his, and, and, and the integrity of God being on display as he proclaimed it as he goes past Moses. Moses makes haste and God on his face. <laughs> I got to get low. I got to get down to the, and worship my God. And then look at here. This is Moses' response. Then he said, Moses, he, repeat, he repeats what the Lord has already promised. Okay, so he says, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we're a sip-necked people, because we are not, you are holy. When you behold the glory of God, there's one thing certain. He's holy and I am not. You are holy. Would you please go, continue to go with your people? And look, look, he adds on to the prayer here. And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. That is a massive prayer in this moment, of, in this timeline of the covenants of God. I want to show you why. Because of the response of Jesus, or the response of, of God in verse 10, he says, Behold, I make a covenant. That was his response to, to, to because Moses prayed, forgive us our sins and take us as your inheritance. How did he know he could pray with that? Because he positioned himself in such a way where he could behold the glory of the Lord. And in that place, he learned that his God Almighty was one who forgave iniquity for, for generation to generation. It took someone beholding the Lord, lingering around long enough to behold his glory, to position himself in a way where he could reveal uh, so that he could get the revelation necessary to take the next step. The last point is pray the revelation that God gives you. If you see it, pray it out. If you see that God is your healer, pray it out. If you see that God is Jehovah Jireh, your provider, pray 
pray it out. When God reveals it that he is that he is the prince of peace and you need peace and you see it in his word, pray it out, church. Pray it out. In this moment, the Lord God made a covenant with Israel. Today, because it's finished, God upholds the covenant that has been made. Look at the covenant that he makes here. Behold, I make a covenant, verse 10. Before all your people, I will do marvels such as you have not seen in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among you shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. It is an awesome thing that I will do with you. I believe as we continue, church, I believe this. I believe as we continue to reach with great expectation and choose to behold the King of Kings and choose to linger for the more, we press in, church, God will watch over his word to perform it. And he will do things in this community that this community hasn't seen yet. our pastors have been preparing a table for this. They've been faithful to stay where the Lord has placed them. They've been faithful to continue to eat at the table that's been set before them in the midst of their enemies. And as a church, we come alongside them, we get love God, love people, live with purpose on the inside of us, take ownership of that thing. Come on, church. Let's come together in unity. Let's behold the Lord. Let's become contagious Christians. And let's watch God turn this thing around. It's simple. If we will trust him to do what he said he'll do, he'll do it. Our job is just to make ourselves available. You just remain available. If you need to put things aside so that you can be available, make that correction now, sooner than later. And again, I want to encourage you, because as someone who it, it, it's tough to talk to strangers about, about things, like I'm not, that's not me. But the more that I know who I am in him, the more it just comes out. Be you. God created you to be you. But let's behold him so that we can be like him. Amen. Y'all stand with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You're so merciful. Oh, you're so gracious. Oh, you're so worthy. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for the direction that you've given us. We thank you, God, for the victory that you've won for us. Oh, and we know that the harvest, it's ready. The field is wiped. Lord, we pray to you, the Lord of the harvest, send perfect laborers across those that are in our community. Perfect laborers to our family members we've been praying for. Perfect laborers in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that this church will delight in the fear of the Lord. 
as you give us direction, Lord, you said it's the willing and the obedient that reap the fruit of the land. I thank you, God, that this is a church who is willing and obedient to do what you've called us to do. Oh, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.